Welcome to the Tiffany Micah podcast. What we do here is build the strength and courage in you to accomplish your big dreams and goals in your sport. No longer will you feel limited. You won't feel you're not good enough. You won't question whether you will make it. Those doubts will disappear because you will have the competitive edge over your opponents and leave them in your wake. And the bonus is others will notice. Listen up and take notes because I will show you exactly how to do it. Hey there, Tiff here. A long time no speak. I hope you have had an absolutely awesome end of 2020. Uh, we've had a really challenging 2020, as you're well aware. But here we are. We're in a new year. Uh, it's taken me a little bit of time to get back to you and say hello and just had a few things on and wanted to take a break from recording and so on. But I do hope you got a lot of benefit out of the previous episodes that I recorded for you. What I'm going to do today, just to kick things off for for the year, is I'm going to share with you an interview that I just did quite recently with Fief Macaranda from Holland. She actually interviewed me about my book, Focus, How to Reach Your Potential in Sport, Business and Life. So you're going to be listening to the recording here. Hope you enjoy the recording. Uh, Talk about the book and the benefits that you can get from the book and why I wrote the book for you. And um, if you want a copy, just come and get one from me at tiffany-micah.com. Look forward to seeing you real soon. Uh, Make sure you listen to this interview following right now. Dream big, believe in you, go after your dreams. Today we have uh, Tiffany Micah. She's former international tennis player and today coach and mentor founder of Reach Your Potential with Tiff and the Lady Golf Teacher. And she's a professional sports teacher in golf and tennis for over 20 years. And she's a highly regarded speaker. She wrote a book called Focus, How to Reach Your Potential in Sports, Business and Life. It's a book that gave me a lot of insight of the steps to be taken to reach your ultimate goal. It's a very practical book. <laughs> yes, there it is. With yeah. food for thought, but also a lot of exercises. So welcome, Tiffany. Hello, Fief, and thank you very much for having me. Yeah, great uh, to have you in my, my podcast, Meet the Max. Well, of course, I read your book and uh, did some of the exercises. And what I uh, noticed uh, reading your book, it's, it's a real a book uh, and a real lessons learned isn't it? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us uh, about it? Yeah. Um, I, I wrote it because I was, I was frustrated as a 19, 20 year old, even though I'm not that any longer, mm-hmm. but I, w- I was a frustrated young athlete and I, um, didn't have any resources to go to or anyone to speak to, um, in order to help me go, you know, pursue my tennis dream. So my big dream playing tennis overseas and, and being a, you know, world number one in, uh, tennis player and all of that kind of thing. And um, and I was incredibly frustrated at that time because I just didn't know where to turn, who to look to, mm. what to read, what could help me um, really get my head right and really get me on the path to, 
um, accomplishing my goal, you know, because I just didn't know how to do it. I knew what I wanted, but I just didn't know how to get there. And so there was a lot of frustration out of that and, mm. and all the experience and so on that I've had in, you know, since then, mm-hmm. since being 20, you know, now being 50. <laughs> so I can't believe that's 30 years ago. But um, all, all that experience that I've had, I was like, you know what, I can share this with that, that, that young athlete and say, look, you know what, these are the things that I've learned along the way and these were the things that were missing. And, yep. you know, what, if, you, if you, you know, use it as a guide to help you plan your path and, and how to get your head in the right, in the right gear for, for achievement and so on, mm. it's going to help you on the path, you know, because, like, I found that, you know, like, Nothing comes with a handbook. Like we as humans don't come with a handbook. And no. I thought, you know what, I'm going to put something together for for the young person. Um, and, it, again, it doesn't matter whether it's – obviously I talk about sport in it a lot, yep. but, I've, you know, I'm a sports person, businesswoman, mm. you know, and, and uh, you know, a human being. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to share some stories out of each area yep. uh, to help that person to say, look, you know what, whatever you're pursuing – um, here's some guidance to help you. Yeah. Here's a handbook to help you get on the way. Mm. Yeah. So because it's it's so. quite a personal uh, book you've written, uh, mm. a lot about your yes. uh, your own mistakes or or challenges. And uh, do you, yes. yeah, as I looked at it, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, are there a lot of changes in how young athletes because we're we're, we're in, the emphasis is on on athletes how they uh, are guided. Because when you were young, the emphasis were, were more on, on the physical side and the, the exercises focused on the physical side. Yeah, the, the, I, I still see it. Um, mm. The emphasis is on the physical, the, the physical side, the technical side, the physical side, yeah. um, you know, how to be stronger, fitter, faster, technically better, all of that kind of thing. Um, yes, you know, I mean, you being a psychologist, I'm sure you, you see it, you, mm. you work with a lot more athletes these days, but, um, uh, you know, the psychology side of things didn't exist no. really when, you know, when I was, a, you know, the, sort of this was the late 1980s, early 1990s, it mm. was just sort of coming about and it was a bit woo-woo, bit out there, mm-hmm. um, not mainstream and so on no. at the time. And, and I was very apprehensive about it because I thought, well, if I need help here, there must be something wrong with yeah, me. Yeah. You know, that was the, the stigma mm-hmm. that I felt that was around that. Um, but looking around, at, you know, because I'm still involved in the tennis industry and the golf industry and looking around, like everybody just still does the same stuff. You yeah. know, I go and watch tennis coaches teach tennis and they're just doing the same stuff I was doing 25 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Golf coaches are still doing the same thing uh, that they've always done. You know, I've been in the golf industry probably about 15 years now. Mm -hmm. And again, I just see the same thing. It's all about technique and and so on. So when I work with someone, I want to get this right because this is the stuff that's going to make everything else work. And if this isn't right, I mean, you, you, you agree with that. But if this isn't right, 
and we can't get you into the right frame of mind, then nothing's going to work. Yeah, so know? because you're pointing on, uh, at your head, on your head. <laughs> yes, so. oh, sorry, yes, I think, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's not necessarily a video call, is it? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no But problem. if you're not getting your brain, yeah. Yeah, mind, because right. if you look at your book, it's almost a program in, in itself. Huh? And when you mm. follow your chapters, you know everything you really want to know before you go after your dreams because that's your credo. What what do you always yeah. say? Uh, I dream big, believe in you, and go after your dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you have a clear-cut awareness uh, of your dreams, and that's what is uh, very important, you say, being persistent and believing yourself and controlling emotions. I know uh, you had a lot in you to become a professional tennis player, but if you look back on, this, on that period, period, knowing what you know now, which of those things you were most aware of of and most unaware of? Uh, I think the, the, the things that I was most aware of would be the training elements. You know, the, the, um, you know I grew up in a country town, 20,000 people. You know, the, the tennis coach, I had two tennis coaches in the whole time as a junior. Mm-hmm. Um, my first tennis coach, I just loved him. I thought he was wonderful. And he said to my mum, look, I can't, I can't take Tiff to where she wants to go, even though his sons were great tennis players and they all did really well. Like, you know, they, they, the three of them all went overseas and played overseas and everything, but he said, I just can't help Tiff. And, and, and he did, you know, he just did that on the side. That was a part-time thing. That wasn't his full-time job. And we had a, you know, and the other coach that I then went to again, his whole family, tennis players. Um, and, and again, the tennis coaching side of things was a part-time thing for him as well. Um, and, you know, the, the attitude, like, I, I, to be honest, I don't really remember having technical lessons. No. You know, I, 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 I did have a lot of coaching over the years. Uh, you know, I'd go and have a lesson each week and so mm-hmm. on. I have no recollection of really working on any technical aspects of, of, of tennis. It was just they put a, hand, a racket in my hand. I loved it. I was good at it. And, and that was it. You know, I thought that was my, my home. You know, I felt like I'd found my, my place at seven years old of where I, (laughs) where I belong. Um, but, uh, but over that time I I worked out and and I wasn't aware really of how important the technical aspect was either. It was the fact that, uh, you know, I had to play a lot of matches and I had to practice a lot. So I did a lot of practice. I did a lot of training, um, you know, from the limited knowledge that I had. And Martina Navratilova was, was number one uh, tennis player in the world. And she was my idol at the time. And um, so I did read her book on training and so on. So I used to take things out of her book and, mm-hmm. and do that. And, I, you know, yeah, I won junior tournaments and did all that sort of stuff in the north coast of New South Wales in, you know, in Australia and, and, and did, did well. But um, that was the, sort of the only things that I was aware of. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't know that I could use my mind, you know, and I didn't know at the time it was my mind that was actually the thing that was going to be the thing that was going to hold me back. Mm. I was not, not aware of that at all. I thought it was just physical. Um, I didn't have much confidence either in myself. Again, I wasn't a hundred percent aware of that. I knew that I would get down on myself and all of that kind of thing, but I wasn't aware that the, the confidence level was really low, I wasn't aware that the belief level was really low. Um, 
I just knew that I wanted to be a tennis player. You know, that's all I ever wanted to do. Hated being at school, hated learning, all of that kind of thing. Just love sport. I played every sport, but tennis was, was the big thing. Um, Things changed uh, when you uh, went to Europe. Because uh, I believe there's, there's, there was a shift from playing in Australia and playing in Europe. And that was quite a hard time because then I believe then you really noticed the difficulties you had to encounter over there. Well, the difficulties that, that I did encounter over there were the same things that were going on, especially when, I, when I'd finished school and I went to an academy mm-hmm. um, here in uh, actually in Brisbane. And um, it was the same academy, actually, that Pat Rafter went to um, at the same time. He's just a couple of years younger than me. Mm-hmm. And um, the things that, that, that were coming up in there was, you know, I wasn't performing well in matches. I was struggling. I, I'd train. I'd train so hard, Fief. I would train so, so hard. You know, we'd do six hours of training and, and then I'd do two hours of training prior to our squad training, our six hours of training in that, and then I'd do another two hours. So I was training like up to 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. working really, really hard, but I still wasn't performing, you know, in matches. And uh, that was coming up at that time in squads um, and then we'd, when we'd go and play tournaments and so on. And then when I went over to Europe to play, that came up all the time. It mm-hmm. was like it didn't matter how hard I worked, I was not getting through those first right. rounds. And, again, I, again, I wasn't – I didn't know oh, why, though. No. You know, that was – That was a frustrating thing. Yep. It was like, oh, well, I must be hopeless and useless and mm-hmm. I can't play tennis and, you know, I'm so bad. Um, but I didn't know that it was the, the, the mental side. I, I had no awareness it was the mental side that was actually the thing that was holding me back. Mm-hmm. But, but, mm-hmm. but when was the awareness that it was the mental uh, aspect that bothered you that much? When was yeah, it? When yeah. did I discover it? Yeah. Or yeah, when did you oh. discover it? Because you you look back at your period in Europe at the moment. Um, probably I was probably about ten to fifteen years later. Yeah, you know, um, when I embarked on the personal development journey of discovering. Uh, you know, I had I was in relationships I shouldn't have been in. You know, with with men that terrible, terrible relationships. And, and I was really struggling um, emotionally, you know, and I was like, there's just something's got to change here because what I, I was quite successful in, you know, in tennis coaching, and sports skills business, mm-hmm. very successful in that, but my personal life was really bad and the way in which I approached everything from an emotional level, I just knew there was problems there. Yep. And so I decided to start going and, and learning to work on, mm-hmm. you know, work yep. on me. Um, and understand what was going on with me. So I had a lot of um, breakthroughs and discoveries about, um, about uh, you know, what actually went on. So it was sort of from the age of around about 35. And, and sorry, and at that time I had taken up golf as well. So okay. I, didn't, I didn't want the demons, as I call it, my tennis demons, to come back and haunt me. Um, in golf in where I thought I had another chance of doing something pretty amazing in another sport mm. um, and I didn't want my ten- tennis demons to come back. So really the, the focus of this personal development journey that I started on was really so 
um, I didn't have the, the tennis demons come yeah. and haunt me from my past mm-hmm. and I could deal with things in golf and manage myself a lot better um, moving forward. Yeah. So that's sort of how that came about. Because you were, you were talking about uh, go after your dreams, but, uh, you know, I know that, that you came back from Europe and for some time you didn't know what your dream was. Long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was um, making that making that decision in, in Europe to come back to Australia and giving up on uh, some, you know, my ultimate, my, I call it my ultimate dream. Um, giving up on that was the most devastating decision that, that I had ever made, you know, uh, in that my whole 20 years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like I had uh, lost, you know, the love of my life. My, you know, I actually feel a bit emotional, sorry. Um, but I felt like I had lost the love of my life um, in that time because mm-hmm. that, was, that was all I had, you know. And, uh, yeah, so that was really, really difficult, um, very, very difficult time, so difficult I couldn't bear to look at a tennis court I couldn't bear to look at a tennis racket. I was just so heartbroken, you know? Yeah, it was really, really a, a very, very tough time. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to do after that. Um, and it was a lot of trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because I know that um, tennis is still important part of your life because you started tennis uh, again not that long ago yes. <laughs> quite <Yes>. fanatically <laughs> yes <laughs> so yes bought myself a ball machine and some new yeah. tennis rackets and i go out there and grind it out on the court because i do love it yeah yeah. Sport. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um to come back to your book because um well what i just said it's a program in itself and um So one of the things you advise a reader to do is to use the seven level of whys. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us how does that this work? Yeah, um, I actually discovered that through a book that I was reading. Uh, it was uh, Millionaire Success Habits, and uh, he, the author, um, took you through that. Dean Graziosi, um, and he took you through this process of working out uh, much deeper why are you pursuing what you're pursuing, what's mm-hmm. what's the reasoning behind that. And what you do is you ask yourself a question, you know, you start off with the first question and yeah. you say, okay, well, okay, why am I wanting to be a professional tennis mm-hmm. player, for example? And then you write out the answer why, yeah. you know, you're wanting to be a professional tennis player. So it was like, you know, for me at the time I wanted to be famous, I wanted to be rich, I wanted to be travelling the world, um, you know, uh, having all these endorsements and, mm-hmm. you know, having, being able to look after my parents and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And then as you ask the question again, why it's like, well, why do you want to, you know, why do you want to look after your parents, for example? Yeah. Oh, well, cause they've been really good to me and um, they've supported me right through. And I feel like that's the way in which I can help them. And, but why do you want to do that? You know, and, and you keep asking those questions, why? And you, and you get down to this, really deep level into mm-hmm. the core of understanding, okay, well, why is it that you really wanted to do, you know, 
why is it that you really want to pursue what you want to pursue? And a lot of the time that, you know, I've done it with various things over the years, Mm -hmm. with different things that I've done. And it's always coming back to, I never thought I was good enough, Okay, you know, Mm -hmm. to prove that I'm good enough at something. Um, and, and not worthy and, and, and that kind of thing. And that was that deep seated, uh, belief that I had as a kid that, you know, at the age of, you know, 10 or 11, when I played a tournament, I made a decision that, you know, I was never going to be good enough, you know, because of how I performed in a particular tournament. I kept that deep seated in there from that, that time. And each time when I went back through those wise yep. asking those questions that that would come back up and go aha i remember that moment mm. uh, well i can i can i can think that a lot of athletes can relate with this you know not thinking you're not good enough and what would you advise them to do that's a good question faith <laughs> <laughs> I, i i really feel like it's a work in progress there's um it's it's really developing your belief um in 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 yourself because if you believe you know you can look at it this way the world's a mirror of what you see Mm -hmm. and so if you believe that your world is uh tragic there's always um accidents that happen there's always you always get let down by people you never perform you know in, in your sport you never win a match or you never win a game or you know bucket your training and there's all of this kind of thing if you think that and then you're putting that energy out into the universe and and then you go and do it and you say see yeah i told you i told you i'd lose that because that's that's what's going on in in your mind so um the the big thing that if an athlete especially, uh, you know, or anyone really that's listening to us talking, um, the biggest thing is actually to start changing the way in which you think um, about things. And it, it it doesn't happen overnight either, as, 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 as you know yourself. Like it, it takes uh, time, it takes practice, um, just like practicing a skill. You know, writing out something each day is, is a really good place to start in working on developing your belief is starting to change the way you think about things. So rather than saying, well, you know, I'm not good enough at at tennis, you know, writing something like I'm, you know, I'm really good at understanding tennis technique or just changing the way that you look at it to start helping, uh, you know, change that, that thought process and, and, writing it out every day. I I think writing it out rather than reading it out is is a good thing Mm. because, It helps, uh, you, you know, especially, you know, sports people, we're touchy-feely type people. We like to uh, connect with things. Mm-hmm. And I think if you connect with a pen and paper and you can feel that expression come out of you, I think it's it's much more effective. And then you can input it back in here um, in, in a much better way, more effective way. Yeah, because uh, in your book there are a lot of writing exercises, a lot of them, eh? and also reflective uh, questions you have to answer. Yes. And um, one of the questions uh, is about taking control of your emotions. And yes. There's a certain system you've, you're, you you're, you um, advise us to do. So can you tell us how? So are you talking about the, that uh, TFAR, yeah. the thoughts, yes. feelings, yes. actions, yeah. results? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if we look at it from like what I was just talking about with belief before, so if we look at 
uh, thought. So thought is like, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, feeling is like, well, you know, you, you feel sad and, mm-hmm. and depressed about it because you think, oh, well, I'm not good enough. So the actions in which you take are going to be, um, you know, you're not going to try so hard when you go and play in a, in a match or you're not going to try so hard when you go to training or anything like that. And then the results are like, we'll see you're not performing, you're not winning, you know, you're not getting stronger, you're not getting faster and all of that kind of mm-hmm. thing because of that negative, you know, thought process that goes on that, that then creates those results. Yep. So if you then go through from a, from a positive uh, point of view and say, okay, well, do you know, I'm, my thought is that I'm, I'm really good at uh, hitting my backhand cross court, for example. Mm. You know, my thought is I'm really good at doing that. So then that kind of emotion that that brings up for you or that feeling that that brings up for you is confidence. So when you're confident, then the actions in which you take is like, okay, I'm just going to make sure I really drill this. I'm going to hit cross court. I'm going to do this particular technique and I'm going to focus on this and I'm going to hit it at this particular spot. And then the results are that when you're out, you know, competing and practicing and, and doing everything else, you're actually executing that shot because you've believed that you can do it because you've had that confidence in it. You've taken actions in a positive step um, uh, that's going to give you the, the, the results that you're after. So uh, that I, I find that that method is, is, is incredibly powerful and it's that same thing as like I was just saying before is the, the world is a mirror of what you see and I, I, I've, such a big fan of that phrase because mm. whatever you're thinking, that's the result that you're going to put out into the. That's true. So it's well. it's, a, it's a kind of a chain, starting with your thoughts, yes, uh, building it up uh, until you have results. Uh, yeah, 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 your, yeah. Your thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, for example, like you get out of bed in the morning, right? And I, you know, I have this at times. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, I've got to start the day again today, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, oh, you know, oh, I don't really want to face the day today. So if you go in with that attitude, the results are not going to come out off quite well. But if you go, oh, okay. All right, I know that today is going to be a challenging day because I'm not in the right headspace. No. Why don't I go to the gym first and do a workout, which is always my thing, <laughs> you, know, you know, no matter. Go to the gym, do a workout because then what that feeling does is like you're feeling proud of yourself because you've actually taken, you know, an action in, in a, a positive step. Um, then those actions obviously is by you going to the gym, you're doing a workout, you're raising your blood pressure, you're feeling stronger, mm. all of that kind of thing. Yep. And then the result is, is that you've actually started the day day successfully yep. already, you know, and it's seven o'clock in the morning and you feel fantastic, whereas an hour and a half prior or two hours prior, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to face this day, but you change the way in which you in which you operate just by something simple like that. When yeah, so to change your, your action then and uh, – Obviously, if you don't really feel that nice or good, then you'll have the urge to doing nothing. But you say, well, yeah. despite the feeling, just do something, which gives you more yeah. energy. Yeah, it just show up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some, some days it's like, oh, man, I just, today's going to be a tough day, you know, some days, because, you know, I think it's, 
And this is what frustrates me as well as, you know, like you have a lot of personal development leaders and a lot of, you know, gurus out there going, oh, you know, you got to do this, you got to do this. And they never make out that they ever feel flat mm-hmm. at times, you know, and I think that's normal. We all feel flat yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Some days we bounce out of bed and can't wait to take on the day and then other days we feel, oh, mm. No, it's going to be a bit tougher. Yep. Um, and in those days, I think these are the most important days and it, it also shows your character as a person and also as an athlete or a business person um, who's striving to achieve something is that you're still going to show up no matter how ordinary you feel, you know. Mm-hmm. So going to the gym, even if it's just doing a bike thing for, for 10 minutes or you've done some sit-ups or you've just done stretches or something, Mm. you know what? You've showed up, be proud that you've actually made that effort, that you've actually been able to get there. Because usually when you get there and you get started, then you can continue on. Mm, True. True. But if you don't get there, if you don't go, uh, then you're like, oh. Yeah. You you take that attitude with you for the rest of the day because you're, you're setting yourself up for I would say not failure, but a more a more challenging day versus something in. Okay, great. You know what? I showed up. I feel so much better. Let's go. Yeah, I think the good thing of it is you can do two things. I, I think you can put on put on your happy face and just ignore your emotions. But what I do like the other version is just to acknowledge the, the emotion you have. Also negative yes. emotions or sad or whatever. And mm-hmm. ask yourself, do I want to feel that emotion or do I want to change this? So be more aware of what you feel instead of uh, pushing it back or away. Because then yeah. it comes back anyhow uh, somewhere in a day or another day. Yeah, yeah. And that's right. And and. I think it's a good thing to acknowledge how you're feeling. Like mm-hmm. if you're feeling flat, you're like, yep, I am feeling flat. But um, what is a way in which that I can can change that? Because I, I, I really feel like we've got to look at, you know, like we always look at this big goal sort of thing that we're striving for. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have that big goal and we're not there, you know, we, we consider, and it seems so far away, we consider ourselves like, you know, a failure of some sort, especially, you know, the high achievers, like, cause we keep pushing and so on. Yep. But I, I really feel if we look at the little wins that we do each day, um, whatever that showing up to the gym when you mm. don't feel like it, making your bed every morning, <laughs> you know, uh, brushing your teeth, just looking at the little things going, yep, you know what? I've set myself up for a successful day cause I've been to the gym. I've had a workout. I've got my head right. I've got my body moving, you know, I've brushed my teeth, they're nice and clean. Um, you know, I've made my bed so it's nice and tidy and now I'm set, setting myself yeah. up and and it's it's those little uh, acknowledgements that, that, that we make is like, okay, that's, you know, not how we want to be but we can do little things to change that. Yeah. And it's it's step-by-step process. Everything yeah. is a step-by-step process, whereas we think we have to leap you know, from nothing to there, but we forget about all that stuff in between that, mm. that we need to do to get there. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I was, and I think too, I, I'm sorry, Faith, but I, but I think too, because I've got a, a friend that I, I talk to each week and she's um, pursuing um, 
uh, karate and so on. Mm. And, and she gives herself a really, really hard time, you know, all the time. It's nothing's ever good enough. And the conversations that we've had uh, over the last probably six months or so now is like she's slowly, it's been amazing starting to see that, that, transformation that she's starting to go through because she is looking for those little wins each day. Mm. She is starting to be more proud of herself. She's not beating herself, you know, every time when she gets up in the morning, she's like, yep, okay, I'm going to do this. And gee, I felt better because I did that. And yeah. And I think that that's, that's what we, you know, what we need to be doing Mm -hmm. um, on a daily basis because, you know, we should be enjoying our life as well. That's true. Not spending the time beating ourselves up. <laughs> yeah, enjoying also uh, in, in doing the things we have to do if, if we want to comp- accomplish something. And um, uh, one of the things is just showing discipline. So one of the chapters you wrote about. One of the many chapters. <laughs> <laughs> no, joking, yeah. and, and consistency, you know, and, um, and I was thinking about your example uh, about Michael Jordan. I just uh, uh, read a book about him and um, yep. that he was so bothered that people tended to think uh, of him as a natural born athlete mm-hmm. and that he yep. said, well, people really underestimate the hard work. He had to do. And, um, well, you say the same, I think. Just uh, be aware of, of, of yeah, pushing, just keep pushing and, and the hard work you have to do every day to mm-hmm. really accomplish mm-hmm. something. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, it, it's in everything that we do, like in, in sport or it's in business yeah. or, or just, you know, having a successful life even. Um, uh, People think that, you know, the ones that are successful, there's a, there's a saying, you know, like people love the, the glory, but they actually don't really know the story, no. you know, on, on, on how they've got there. And, and even those that are right at the top, um, you know, even if you look at the tennis players as well, like they work so much harder because they have to stay there, mm-hmm. you know. So it's, it's you're going up that ladder and wanting to go. Oh, I've climbed to the top of the mountain, yep. and now I'm here, and I've I've accomplished something, and I've worked really, really hard, um, and I've done everything that I possibly can in every area of my life to ensure that that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get there, and then you're like, oh, far out! I've got to work even harder because now I'm at the top of the tree. And people are coming up and they're wanting to yep. um, bring me down, yep. you know. Yeah. So you've you've got to keep looking for that edge. You've got to keep finding new strategies and skills and, and, and ways in which that you can enhance yourself mm. so that you can keep them away from you, you know, yep. so that you can keep excelling mm-hmm. and, and being that, uh, you know, so much further away and making it harder for them to get to you. But you know yourself, you've got, you've got to put that, it just gets harder. Yeah, that's true. Can't say it's easy at, at, at that level. No, no. No, it just looks easy. Yeah, it, it looks, looks easy. It looks quite easy. Because after hard yeah. work, yeah, that's true. After, you know, 12-hour days of, of training, you know, your guts out, um, you know, for, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people think it looks easy. Like, oh, oh. You know, like when people win tournaments, when, you know, golfers and tennis players, because there's big money, yep. obviously, in the tournaments, yep. and when they win, you know, 1.2, 2 million or whatever in a tournament, yep. and they go, oh, that was a pretty good four-day effort. And I'm like, well, 
Let's think about that. They could be doing that for the last 20 years of their life and that's their first breakthrough, yeah. you know, and, and that people don't look at the not only the, the money investment from their parents and themselves mm-hmm. and all of that that they put in, but the actual time, yeah. you know, the dedication, yeah. you know, the discipline, the structure and everything that they've put into yeah. to accomplish. That it's, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I think it's amazing. I know you're the, the, the consistency is your favorite part. <laughs> yeah. And you even call yourself an, a consistent expert. So, yes. <laughs> so yes. how does that work? Just for my uh, understanding, when I would uh, t- have you as a golf teacher. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. How, how, how would that work out? <laughs> How would that work out? Is it being consistent? Yeah. Uh, well, I take you through a process. So uh, it's, a, it's a system in, and I think that's a really good thing for, for anyone learning anything is to be able to learn a system that you can then follow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's making sure that that system is easy to copy And it's repeatable. Mm. And I find, like, I'll give you an example of what I had learned, which was not a good example. And then I'll give you an example of what what I do. So I went, when I first started learning to teach golf, I went and spent some time with another golf pro in in helping to enhance my teaching Mm -hmm. skills and so on. And he was going through the golf swing with me. And he got up to about 0.15 on you know, the part of the golf swing because he had something like, I think, 20-something points or something mm. to the golf swing. And I said, I'm, I said, I'm an experienced sports person and, you know, and I'm experienced in, in, you know, the sport, golf and so on. And I said, no, I'm lost at 15. I said, I was actually lost after about 0.5. <laughs> and I said, you get it, someone, a beginner in to teach them how to play golf and you're going through something like 20 something points. I said, you're going to lose them, Mm. you know? And so I found that really frustrating. So I went like, I'm not teaching in that style. And, and because I had learned how to teach kids, uh, you know, because I had a sports skills business for kids and I had the tennis coaching business and I taught a lot of kids and so on. I knew how to break things down and and really simplify things in, in a simple way. So when I, I ventured into golf, I was like, okay, well, let's pick out the main points in, in what I can do to help that person mm-hmm. learn to play golf. Like yourself, you know, you're learning to yep. play golf because you want to be a better golfer. Not that we're in the same country, but one day we might be. Uh-huh. Um, and so I just take you through a process. So I have a particular system on, you know, how you hold the grip, um, what you do to make good contact with the ball. And it's always about contact first. And then we just build, slowly build the swing back into the top, making good contact and eventually do the follow through. So you look fancy, but I keep it to about five points that you really have to focus on right through the swing. I can actually break it down to three. Once you've, once you've sort of got that system in place, it's, it's, the main focus will be about three points and um, really simple, really easy to repeat. And I think that that's, the main thing in, in creating consistency in any skill, um, in anything that you do is if you can break it down and really pick out the key elements in it. And obviously there's going to be some fine tuning and so on, but then how can you make it more simple? So mm. it's repeatable Because mm. what a lot of people do in for golf, for example, because the, 
the biggest thing that they struggle with is consistency um, in everything. Um, And if you can show them the specifics on what they need to actually do uh, to to create that so it's repeatable, because everything needs to be repeatable. If it's not repeatable, they won't be able to execute it. Um, but if it's repeatable, then that's where the consistency is. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, again, I think, you know, people make golf too difficult. I think that they make a lot of other things, you know, in life too difficult. Um, <laughs> and if we can simplify them uh, and make them easy, I think people can accomplish a yeah. lot more. Oh, you showed me a video, you exercising <laughs> with tennis, remember? Oh, and, yes, uh, yes. It was fascinating to look at because you – Talking about consistency, I looked at it and, and you were uh, doing the same swing 20 or 30 uh, times uh, each time. And um, every swing was the same. Every swing was the same. Yeah, so you were standing at the exact uh, same spot. You you, you did the, the same movements for 30 mm-hmm. times. So it was yes. really fascinating to see because there was really no difference between the first swing and the 30th. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it looked like that. <laughs> uh, there was a little bit of fine-tuning that was going on in there. But, um, yeah, but I had it set up that way. And, mm. and the thing is, is in order for you – uh, to really accomplish whatever it is that you're looking to accomplish, you've got to repeat it over and over yeah. and over again. So it does become automatic. So it is simple. You know, um, uh, Ash Barty, she's our number one tennis player. Um, and when she won the French Open, I couldn't wait to listen to her interview because I think she's I think she's very uh, wise for such a young player. You know, mm-hmm. she's got her head screwed on right. I think she's got a very good team behind her. Uh, very supportive. And uh, the thing that I really liked uh, what she said was she said, I trusted my technique. And so how I interpreted, because she had so much trust in her technique, she could just do whatever she wanted to do on the court and everything just just worked. But because she drilled so much, you know, she worked so hard in, in refining the technique so that it did become automatic. So it did look like it was just repeatable doing the same thing over and over again. Um, That that's, that's where the difference is the same with Serena Williams, you know, she, as a young kid, Lots of balls, yeah. lots of balls, did the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what you've got to do so that yep. it's so solid, like that foundation is so solid um, that you can just rely on it. Like you don't have to think about it. It's just going to be there for yep. you. So, so, yeah. so we talked about a lot of things that those are things are important to really take care of, um, to stay focused and accomplish what you would like to accomplish but it's also uh, uh, how what's the way of planning because you know without planning uh, you can't stay focused so you you give a, a certain tips in how to stay focused the best way mm-hmm. so what's your most important um, tip for us to <laughs> plan in a good way because that's an, uh, well a challenge for a lot of people I think Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's a big challenge. I, and that was my frustration too as a, you know, as a 18, 19, 20-year-old um, pursuing tennis uh, and like having this dream and not knowing how to go after it. And even 
even when I took up golf, I was like, right, I'm going to hit the tour. You know, I was 34. Mm. I'm going to hit the tour. This is what I want to do. And I, and I went and worked with a, with a guy to, to help me get my head right um, with regards to golf. And uh, he said, oh, all you need to do is set a goal and it'll just happen. And I'm mm. like, how, how is that so? You know, like how does that happen? So a so, uh, great thing that I learnt was um, starting with the end in mind. It never used to make sense to me in the beginning when I when I heard it, why would you start with the end in mind? I don't understand what they really mean by that. And what that really means is like start with the goal, your ultimate goal, mm-hmm. whatever it is that you're going for, and work backwards. Okay. So you're actually working backwards. So you're work, looking at that, that, that ultimate goal and you might have a whole list of steps that you work backwards from. It could, it could be 50 steps, who knows. Um, but you go, okay, I want to be the number one tennis player in the world, um, you know, and then the next step going backwards, I want to be number 10, I want to be number 50, mm-hmm. I want to be, you know, I want to be 100, I want to, you know, uh, be able to play at the Australian Open, whatever those, those things are. And it brings you back to the current point where, you, where you're at is like, okay, well, here I am, um, I'm, you know, playing state level and, uh, this is where my starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and then what, you, when you've got all that information, all those steps going backwards, like each of those little steps, then you can break them up into phases. And, and I find that if you break them up into about five, again, keeping it simple. Mm. So breaking it up into about five phases. So five, phase five is like heading is your ultimate goal, your ultimate dream. And then you've got phase four, phase three, phase two, phase one. And then you put those specific little points that you've put in working backwards, which phases do they fit into? Yep. And you put those into those phases and then you look at um, phase one and then you just focus on phase one. Mm. What are the things that I've got to accomplish in phase one that's going to help me get to a national, yep. you know, uh, like a national level or something like that uh, competitor and then you look at all the things that you need to do in order for that to happen, mm. you know, and you can't, don't worry about phase two, three, four, no. five yet because they're, they're just sitting there waiting for you to get through to phase one. When you get through phase one, then you look at um, phase two. And yeah. Two. Yeah. I can imagine that if you really uh, cut them in phases in five phases, things will less be less overwhelming for you because otherwise it's such a big mountain you have to uh, a challenge uh, and, and and now it's it's, it's in, in small steps it's it's i think it's easier or easier yeah it's more yeah well well it is it's you've got these little milestones in place yeah. now, haven't you yeah and and then again it's feeling like you're achieving something like you're looking again at those little wins that you have mm-hmm. each time versus oh, I'm never going to make it, yeah. you know, because I've lost a match today or, you know, or my training was really bad or, you know, I didn't show up for training today and I avoided it or, or whatever. And then you have this thing, I'm never going to make it. But mm. if you look at all, keep looking at the little wins that you do, um, builds, builds confidence, you're accomplishing little milestones and it's the little wins that that creates the big win. Yeah, sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, it, what if uh, people would like to, buy your book or get your book somewhere, <laughs> where, where uh, can they buy them? Well, they can buy, you can actually buy it directly from me. So um, if you go to tiffany-mica.com, okay. it's on my, the home home uh, page of my website. Mm-hmm. So 
So you can buy it directly from me. And if you'd like me to sign it for you and put a message in, sure. I'd love to do that too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> nice, nice. Do you have a last advice to all the athletes and professionals and, and me as an amateur? Because uh, I know a lot of of us are yeah, we're struggling to keep motivated because well we don't really have matches going on and uh, we have to stay uh, in in the flow of exercising not knowing exactly uh, when to uh, really um, when we are able to to do the match we we like to do so mm-hmm. what, what would you advise us yeah that's a that's a cool one thief um Because it's tough right now, isn't it? Everything's so uncertain um, in the world. We we don't know. I don't even know if the the Olympics is still a bit unsure whether that's going to happen too, Mm. isn't it? Um, So I I really feel like a way in which that you can stay motivated is be creative. So set some challenges up for yourself. Set up some little mini tournaments for yourself if you if you can, you know, or mm-hmm. with a, you know with a few friends or something like that. Um, be creative in your training. Change change it up. Yep. Don't just drill and do the same thing day in day out because you get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it. it you sort of, you start to lose interest. You start to lose focus in that way. And, and finding some other things that you can do, create some uh, drills that you can do that can put some pressure on you as well. So that you're teaching yourself how to perform under pressure, even though that you don't know when those pressure moments are going to come because you're not competing Mm -hmm. at the moment, Uh, create some, you know, pressure practice situations, Uh, be creative in the training, change it up, mix it up, do some different things. Mm -hmm. Um, set some skills tests in place for yourself and measure them, you know, to have like day one, you're going to test specific skills and, and uh, agility and fitness and strength and whatever else that you want to do and then go back and measure it in a month's time and see if there's been any changes that have happened, you know, same with creates challenges for yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Like you with, with marathon running, you know, like, Ways in which you could, uh, you know, speed up so that you that you run quicker. Yep. You know, how, what what are some things that you could do and maybe do some tests on yourself from day one and then do it in, you know, day thirty and see. Okay, well, mm. let's test this out. Like, can I, uh, you know, maybe if you, if you just did a, a quick ten k run or something yep. and then, you know, and then measured it again, but then there was some specific elements that that you're working on speed. Uh, you know, the speed element in, in there to get you quicker in that, that the first 10 Ks or whatever mm. to set a particular pace or, you know, something like that. But, yeah, I find that – and the other thing too is foundations. Like I'm big – this consistency thing, mm-hmm. you know. Yes, build those foundations. Have them so solid that yep. they're unbreakable, yep. you know, that you can rely on them. They're mm. the foundations like in a house, you know. We put the foundations yep. in place. Get those in place then start putting other things out there. Be mm. creative with your training. Test yourself on, on various things. Have some pressure practice in place. Great. Work on your head, yep. you know. Read my book. <laughs> <laughs> read, read my book and do the exercises out of it. Yeah. You know, there, there's things that you can do. There's That's a good advice. That's yeah. really good advice. Well, um, um, I'm very glad that you were on my podcast and um, I really enjoyed our interview. I will. I did too. Thank you. I will. I will put all the information in the show notes and where they can buy your book and find you. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. And, yes. uh, and I wish you all the, all the best. Thank you very much, Faith. Thanks for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure and I hope um, uh, people that are listening get uh, a lot out of it and are motivated to, to keep pushing and keep moving forward towards their ultimate goal. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. See you later. 